1: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. So It'll definitely be different. I feel like all teams are taking the same precautions pretty much of uh, social distancing, mainly. So um, I feel like when it comes to, like, practices and stuff like that, they're probably going to, you know, test us whether it's temperature or just a regular COVID test before we get on the field. Um, I feel like when it comes to, like, meetings and, like, lunch, anything that has to do with being around one another we're how to distance away from each other. So, um, it will. I feel like it'll mess with the team uh, camaraderie a little bit, but um, at the same time, we have to do. We have to do to stay healthy, so that's more important.
0: That is Jawan Taylor, Jaguars right tackle, second-round pick, second-year player. Expect big things out of Jawan and that offensive line in 2020. And talking about COVID-19, coronavirus, and how the NFL is going to deal with it, how Jags' uh, administration and, and players are going to deal with it, and coaches. Well, this just in from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they've placed Connor Slumpka. Uh, on their active non-football injury list and have also placed rookie cornerback Luke Barco, uh, Devon Hamilton, one of their draft picks, another one of their draft picks, Josiah Scott and uh, rookie offensive lineman Trevor Wallace Sims on the reserve COVID-19 list. So once again, on the COVID-19 list, uh, Luke Barco. Uh Devon Hamilton, Josiah Scott, and Trevor Wallace Sims. I hope I'm saying all those names right. Gosh, I gotta get to know these guys. <laughs> That's what's strange about not being around there for camp and yeah. everything else. Um but uh, you know, obviously some recognizable names. Barco is uh, uh Barku, uh, I think I think it's Barku um is uh one of the highly touted undrafted free agent. But Devon Hamilton and Josiah Scott were draft picks. And so those guys go on this reserve COVID nineteen list, uh and they're not the only ones. Minnesota just came out, including Justin Jefferson, uh wide receiver out of LSU, he yep. got put on the list. So this is what's happening. Uh welcome to the new norm. You know, the the rookies show up last week, they get tested a couple of times, and who knows if this was the first test, second test, whatever. But now that uh they're in there, the um the, some of the tests are coming back positive and now They'll have to quarantine and then take tests and test negative before getting back into the swing of things.
1: And listen, especially when we're talking about the rookies, man. I mean, you're already behind the eight ball this year. You already missed out on so much, whether it's rookie minicamp, OTAs, or just regular minicamps. And now you're behind the eight ball again, missing out on probably the first couple weeks of practice. Hopefully they can get back ASAP and obviously start, you know, when padded practices, start back up, they're ready to roll. But especially if you're trying to make a team right now, Brent, if you're on the outside looking in, you got to get those reps in, man, or else you probably can make
0: a team. Well, so now what? (laughs) Now what? And I'm trying to look it up just to make sure we have. You need negative tests to get back into the the fold. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to see more of this league-wide. It's just a matter of how many. And that's what they've built this for these first couple of weeks. I mean, they've basically said first seven to ten days are COVID-19 testing, acclimation, if you will. You can do virtual things. Uh, then you can get into the conditioning and the and the uh workouts, but even that has to be i believe in groups of fifteen or under uh and then you can ramp up to the on the field stuff there's some walkthroughs in there as well before you get to the on the field stuff uh with helmets and everything but this is why it's built like this this is this is part of the precautions uh to make sure not everybody's getting uh what would be? How unsettling is it? You just mentioned the rookies miss a lot of times, but is it unsettling as a rookie? Because now I can't get in there. Now I can't do everything I'm supposed to do. Uh, I think people know what's going to happen.
1: No, I mean, listen, people know what's going to happen, and every single team is going to have to go through this stuff. My point is if you're a rookie right now – There's just so much going against you, you know. Like it's supposed to be like the first day of school. You're supposed to go in and find out where everything is, and now you're like that transfer kid where you come over from a new school and you're you're behind on everything, right? So you have to introduce yourself, meet everybody. Like that's what these rookies are gonna be going through right now if they have COVID-19 right off the bat. I mean, they're just they're behind the eight ball. You're trying to make a team and you only have a couple weeks to do that, and if you catch COVID-19 off the bat. Man, you're just you're just setting yourself up on Forbes propelling. you not saying it's these players' fault, man. It just it happens and and it sucks. You have to deal with it. I'm just saying from where they're sitting right now, it's it's gotta be a rough one to think like all right, I'm gonna be out a couple weeks now, and then I gotta come in and try to earn a a spot on this team.
0: Yeah, and uh I think Stuart Weber just shared this with me too, because uh Jags have sent out uh, a little bit of a release on it. Uh, I was reading some of their tweet that of the players that um, are on this list. And I think it's important to say reserve COVID-19 list because a, as you read through this, it doesn't mean they've tested positive necessarily. They could be quarantining because somebody they know tested positive. Okay. So there is a little bit of a distinction there. Um, and I don't know if we're going to to, to figure out uh, if there is a positive test or not because later on, uh, down here the players and player agents are not permitted to disclose a player's reason for placement on the COVID-19 list so again it could be they tested positive it could be they know somebody so therefore they're in quarantine mm. Uh so it's an interesting distinction there Uh but nonetheless it puts them on that list mm-hmm. and that is obviously for the first time in NFL history a list that didn't exist before yeah um, and we're gonna we're gonna walk through this and get through this and and kind of figure it out but same with Justin Jefferson. Same with the other. I think there were three others for the Minnesota Vikings put on that list. Uh, a lot of players are going to be put on this list, but it could be a family member. It could be somebody they might have come in contact with, the whole tracing system that so many uh, businesses are doing. Um, and that's just the nature of the new world in the NFL. Uh, but that's also why they're doing a lot of testing. What's interesting is it'll, you know, I, I guess unless a player comes out and says, hey, yeah, I had it or have it. Uh, but it sounds like that might even be discouraged uh, to to a um, to a degree because mm-hmm. you don't have to disclose any of that stuff. Correct. Uh, yeah. Much like uh, happened for a lot of folks. You know, we we talked about that. I mean, not even associated with the NFL anymore in that uh, um, respect. Tony Baselli. Yeah. People said, "Okay, well, why did we just find out about it now?" Or mm-hmm. whoever. Uh, some folks told people right away. Some people didn't, but uh, it will be up to probably players to yeah, say it. Yeah,
1: it's it's their choice. Remember, Ezekiel Elliott
0: too was upset about it when it first came out. Remember?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you know every single player. They can approach it their own way. Um, you know, for me personally, I'd probably be 100% transparent right off the get go. I mean, might as well. Um, doesn't pay to kind of hold it in. I mean, I think it's important for those players to announce it themselves and have somebody else do it for them. But I think being upfront and transparent is probably the best way to go about things.
0: Yeah, so once again, uh just so you if you're just catching up, the Jaguars have placed a uh, few players, uh four of them it looks like, on the team's reserve COVID nineteen last uh list. An important distinction here um is a player who tests positive for COVID nineteen or and this is a big or who has been quarantined after having been in close contact with an infected person or persons. And so uh Luke Barku, uh Devon Hamilton, Josiah Scott and Trevor uh, Wallace Sims, Trevor Wallace Sims, on the team's reserve COVID nineteen list. Uh, that is what the latest is from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a lot of the teams are starting to do this, by the way, is put people on this list. All right, so let's talk some uh, top one hundred. Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. number ninety. Yeah. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Not on the list. Uh oh. Freak out. What do you think about the top 100 list, by the way? It's pointless. It's absolutely useless. It was a conspiracy
1: designed by the NFL Network to get people talking about football. That's all it was. It's because, a downtime killer. Yeah. I mean, hey, and I, and I don't want to be the, the, the giant spoiler for people out there. You should know this already. They don't pull the entire locker room and ask who the top 100 football players are in the league. All right? Because back when I played and they had the top 100, nobody got asked who you think the top 100 is. Okay, so we don't know who's making these calls. Someone should probably look into it a little bit, but it's not football players, at least not not the Jacksville Jaguars, maybe some other teams, but the Jaguars didn't know yet. Some players get that leverage. Some players get that advantage to go on the show and talk about it. But this was all developed, like a lot of things in sports are, is to cause an overreaction. It's to cause an overreaction and say, well, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. Listen. It doesn't matter if it's me, if it's Brent Martineau, or anybody else. If you list your top 100 players nine times, I'm sorry, ten times out of ten, someone will disagree with that list, and I'll probably disagree with you regardless. So, with that being said, I don't put too much stake into it. Um, I think it's fascinating to get like the players' perspective. I, I watch the show. I think the show is great because I like getting like the, the other players' takes on you know their their peers and their comrades and things like that. Yeah, something it's something pretty cool. Yeah, but as far as taking it seriously, absolutely not. To me, the top 100 is right up there with Madden ratings.
0: Yeah, good fodder. Yeah. Uh, uh, By the way, it's interesting you say that. Not all the players get, but I I feel like the players hear narratives and go along with narratives. Hmm. Very few players, I think, have a distinct, like have done their homework and knowledge of whatever topic. But uh, it, it, I would think I don't think they waste their time doing it, and so I think what they're watching Good Morning Football as, as well, and that whatever's on ESPN or whatever's floating around social media, and I think they kind of follow the narratives. Well, it's interesting out there. Is the narrative about Kyla Murray is he's the next he's going to be one of the next big things? Yeah, and so I mean I know I I do kind of always take exception to Kyla Murray's love versus Gardner Minshew's. You better love. believe it. And I should because he was five, ten and one and had uh worse well not worse, but less numbers than Gardner Minshew, yet he makes the top one hundred. Well, but that's exactly my rookie point. of
1: the year though too.
0: Oh yeah, he was. Even though he shouldn't have been. Well. Yes. Fair enough, but he was. Uh so but again, those narratives that get put in place, sure. I think the players fall in love with that stuff.
1: Uh yeah, I mean they do like listen, it, it makes for a great conversation, right? Like even the whole Keenan Allen thing like that's something, and and I, I don't know if Minshew is going to speak out about Kyler Murray. I don't think Minshew honestly really cares about it, but we'll see what happens there. NFL players are the 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 supreme of the supreme in terms of being competitive. Okay, there's a reason why you make it to the league in the first place because you're the ultimate competitive person. So when you're quote, and I, I say this with the biggest quotes of all time, when you're quote unquote teammates and peers around the league you know supposedly cast their votes and rank these top 100 players well obviously it gets the competitive juices flowing because once again quote unquote it's all your peers saying that well this player is better than you this player is better than you you're better than this player and obviously in terms of competitiveness that's going to be talked about, right? Where it used to be talked about in locker rooms and, on, and again texting conversations. Now it's uh, for everyone to see on social media. And it's for everyone to see on the NFL Network when they have the top 100 players. So I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to get a rise out of football fans. And, and good. I mean, it's obviously working. Everyone's talking about it. There's probably going to be more outcry um, to come. But I'm just saying, for me personally, seeing the ins and outs of the top 100, I don't get too worked up about it.
0: Yeah, I don't think you should either. I mean, uh, it is it's it is fun uh, as well. Let me ask you this. Who belongs on this list going forward for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Calais Campbell obviously was on it. Um, is, let's leave you on Gakwe because we don't know where he's playing or or what he's going to do. Josh Allen is but, a future uh, resident on the top 100 but list. Keep
1: in mind, though, it's from last year. It's from last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, well, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying going forward, it looks like only Calais will be on that list. Gotcha. But So you're saying, okay, now, going after the, going this year, uh, could Gardner yeah. get on that list? Uh, will Fournette be on the list? I will gotcha. uh, Josh Allen be on the list? Will Miles Jack be on the list? Will DJ Chark be on the list?
1: So let's go ahead and let's put Josh Allen for sure. I'm going to go ahead and put, man, I think he's going to have a lot of tackles. And if that's the case, then, yeah. So I'm, I'm going Joe Schulbert. Ah, good. I'm going to go, man, does Minshew make the top 100? You know, let's have some fun. Let's put Minchu in the top 100. I, I think so. I think um in terms of making a name for himself, let's go ahead and put Minchu in the top 100. So that's three. Man, it, it's hard to pick any more than three, right, Brent? And you got DJ Chark out there. I'm going to go Minshew, Shobert, and
0: Josh Allen. Mitchu, Schobert, Josh Allen, you leave out DJ Chark potentially. Uh, Linemen are not usually on that list. Uh, I think Miles has a chance to be on that list uh, potentially. And we'll see if anybody else emerges. I would say down the road, maybe not in this rookie season, a LaVisca Chenault will be one to watch. Sure, Uh, uh, Love the idea of it. And you have to have some success to get on the list. Mm -hmm. You also have to think about what I just said about uh, the branding part of it. And that, like Mitchu has a chance to have the branding part of it around the league. Of course, I think Fournette always already carries that. I think Josh Allen has to take a step in that regard. I think Jaguars, when they talk about their defense, they looked at Calais Campbell, they lo- looked at Yannick Ngakwe, they've looked at other players. Jags have been loaded with some star players really over the last few years, yeah. guys that have done well. Allen isn't there yet. He did go to the Pro Bowl, so that might help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. His he'll have to take a step up to get league wide consideration for that, and uh, the other Josh Allen made the list.
1: Oh, did he really? Yeah, what number was he? Was, was like he? number eighty seven. Okay,
0: yeah, that's interesting because yeah. I didn't know he'd get that kind of love from from well, his peers. But once again, though, keep in mind
1: the Bills had a pretty good season last year, so
0: that helps. They did, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you got to give credit along the way uh, yeah. to to the uh, quarterback, for sure. Yeah, I don't. I think when the Jags are bad. Uh, Or coming off a bad season, that top 100 list kind of gets swept under. Yeah. Uh, You're really not concerned about it. Calais Campbell, though, once again making it, uh, establishing himself. I never seen, did you see some of the stuff they put out there, like the Ravens? I didn't see that pool video before. Like, he was yeah, in the pool. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that video from? No idea. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, I watched that Clayus Campbell thing. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good.
1: Yeah. Well, and I like, too, he said, like, he's, he's down to do the, the dirty work, right? Which is, listen, if you're a Ravens fan, that's what you want to hear. Because it's one thing to get the sacks, That's one thing to get the tackles for losses. But I love Clayus Campbell's answer where he's like, I'm willing to do the things that the other defensive linemen don't do, and that's why I'm still successful. Like,
0: that was a pretty good attitude to have. And he's right. Uh, yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, Kyler Murray Gardner Minshew continues to uh, um, be a topic for me. It does, man. That, Ky- Kyler Murray is like your kryptonite. Like, I mean, the funny thing is, I kind of like Kyler Murray. I think uh, I dude, like the he's baseball, a baseball football guy. Thing. Yeah, I how,
1: how could you not
0: like Kyler Murray? I just don't like when uh, you listen Arizona. Uh, maybe he's made them relevant. It's the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. It's the Kingsbury fireplace. But <laughs> he should be. <laughs> um, I don't know if he should be getting this much love. I mean, I just don't think he's done enough to get this much love. Okay. But you get the Rookie of the Year award. I guess that Pepsi Rookie of the Week didn't matter enough. The mustache can't even do enough. The aviator mm-hmm. glasses, the, the jeans, shorts, the yeah. whatever. I don't don't follow up with the gimmicks, Brent. Follow up with the player on the field. And the stats that they have. And the stats that they have.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you a little bit of a hater, though? Just, just a little bit?
0: Uh, yeah, Are you kind bit, of a hater? Uh, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not a hater at Kyle uh, Murray. I'm a hater at the situation. Sure. I don't like the all the love for for, for one player when the other players... Brent, been even better or a better
1: story really yeah no i hear you but let's take off the teal covered glasses real quick i get you who do you think is going to do better this year the cardinals or the jaguars
0: who's expected to do better at least well the cardinals are expected to there do you better. go expected there you go uh is the word well there you, you go. uh the top of the show we said keenan allen and mike evans and the keenan allen stuff we talked about a little bit mm-hmm. you re- you really think that was straight out of wwe or or one of these wrestling things you think that was contrived i mean
1: i don't think it was playing. like necessarily like scripted i just thought that keenan allen thought you you know what? I'm not getting a lot of respect. Let me go ahead and put my name out there in the airwaves. Let me get some more branding opportunities. That's all that was.
0: Yeah. You like it?
1: Why not? I mean, hey, the, listen. So, so social media is a great tool to increase your brand. It's a great way to showcase your personality, to get people either like you or hate you. But either way, they're talking about you, so your brand goes up. Like, hey, I'm I'm all for Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen, a guy who, um. You know, I think he's properly ranked, but I think that he's under, uh, underappreciated, um, undervalued. And I think what a better way to get people, uh, get, get people's radars as it talks some smack and kind of had some fun with it. So, yeah, I'm all for it, and I think it is a little scripted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Kuz, let's take a time out here on uh, Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. We come uh, back, we'll put a bow on the show, give you an update on some of uh, what's going on across the NFL. COVID-19 uh, reserve list is going to be a list that people follow, uh, and it's really a list that will be an uncertain follow, as we mentioned with some of the Jags players that have now been placed on there because – you don't know if they have tested positive for COVID-19. They may have just been quarantining, being around others uh, in that situation. That's the latest couple of rookies, uh, a few rookies really, four of them in fact, uh, tested uh, on that list. Uh, we're also seeing it across other teams with the NFL, Justin Jefferson and others. So that's all coming uh, up. We will uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll update you on that information and so much more in the world of sports here on a Monday. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. When you think about who's going to be successful or not, uh, it's going to be continuity, continuity, and continuity. You know, when you think about the teams that are returning their quarterback, their play caller, it's just a massive advantage. Uh, and let's look at the NFC East. You talk about guys like Joe Judge. He's never been a head
1: coach before, and now all of a sudden, Daniel Jones has never taken a stat with him. You don't know
0: protections or ways that certain nuances of your offense are going to run and it's going to take a while. And you think about Washington and Dallas, all those teams will have growing pains. Now, Philadelphia is light years ahead of those other three teams from a continuity standpoint. I think the teams with those advantages will have a huge, huge advantage over those teams that are going to be truly learning on the fly.
1: I think that was Mike Tannenbaum with ESPN. Yep. Former... Uh... Former GM of the New York Jets. And yeah, I mean, to me, you know, Tannenbaum's kind of, he's stating the obvious for sure. I think that if you want to break down the Jaguars and, and how they kind of rack up to ideal to not ideal situations regarding, you know, this season and COVID-19 and all that stuff, listen, let's be honest here. You're bringing in a new offensive coordinator um, with a new offense, a new philosophy, new play calling. Supposedly, you're going to... Maybe run some kind of variant of a defense, but once again, I mean, I don't know what to even think about that anymore. I'm just going to have to see it to believe it at this point. It's too hard for me to call what kind of defense they're going to run because I haven't got a straight answer. I haven't read a straight answer yet, so I think the defense will be a little different, though. You do have a little continuity in terms of gardner Minshew coming back, I guess, but once again, new offensive coordinator. Um, He's going to have a new receiver in Chenault. And you have a pretty solid, at least fundamental pillar with Leonard Fournette. So you have that going for you. I think the one thing, though, more than anything right now is that the Jaguars have going for them is the fact that they have a couple guys that are playing in contract years. And what do I mean by that? I literally mean that if they do not perform well this year, regardless if they're going to be here in the following years or not, they don't get paid. Okay. In terms of the hierarchy of priorities of NFL players, yeah, sure, it's winning Super Bowls up there, maybe glory, all that stuff. But money has to be a top three with everybody. Everybody likes money. Who doesn't like getting money, right? And the only way you get money is preparing for, for you know, obviously training camp and preparing your body through the gruels of the season and then performing when your number gets called. So with that being the case with guys like Leonard Fournette, guys like D.D. Westbrook, um, I believe guys like Cam Robinson, there's a lot of guys that have an incentive to play well this year, and I like that. I would much rather have that than be tied to a bunch of guys who just, eh, we just got new contracts, let's go ahead and show them the cut and we're going to be okay. No, give me the guys that have money to play for. Give me the guys that have something to prove. That to me is what you want on a football team. So at least the Jaguars have a few, um, you know, a few guys like that that you probably get the most out of. Now, once again, they have one of the youngest teams in the NFL, if not the youngest team in the NFL. That makes you a little nervous as well. But at the end of the day, listen, it's not going to be ideal for anybody. I don't care if you're the New Orleans Saints. I don't care if you're the Seattle Seahawks. I don't care if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or you're on the outside looking at maybe like a Jaguars team or a Dolphins team. Doesn't matter who your team is. No one has the ideal situation right now. But to me, what it comes down to, and, I, and I've been preaching this man for the past couple months now, it's the coaching. The, this is going to be the year of you're going to find out who the real coaches are, who the great coaches are, and who the pretenders are. And it's as simple as that. Because the primary job of a head coach necessarily maybe isn't calling the plays unless your name is obviously Andy Reid, Doug Peterson. But I'm talking about in you know in schematics mostly the job of the head coach and every single NFL team is to get you guys ready to play. It's to adjust to the trials and tribulations that you face and to make sure that you guys have all the tools needed to succeed on that field. And what a better way to showcase a head coach's philosophy, a head coach's coaching skills, than the COVID-19 pandemic. So I'm excited from that standpoint. And once again, I've said it before, I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want coaches to go, well, it would have been different if we had so-and-so. It would have been, no, because it is a fair playing field. This is the fairest it's going to be. Now, yeah, you may lose a star player a couple weeks. You may lose a star player here. But guess what? Injuries happen, too. And I don't hear coaches all the time using injuries and excuses, so you can't use COVID-19 as an excuse either. So going forward, once again, this is going to be, to me, the year of the coaches. And to me, it's going to be the year of, is Doug Marone going to be the guy going forward or not? Because and I'm not sure how Shad Khan thinks about this. I'm not sure how the front office thinks about this. But the last thing I want to do right now is write a mulligan on the season, Okay. Like the last thing I need to do is write a mulligan about ah oh, well you know what we we had some players get COVID nineteen we weren't all together we had a young team so that's an excuse not an excuse not an excuse step your game up be a head coach and let's see what you got so I can't wait to see that other uh, breaking news right right now out of the MLB so. uh White Sox skipper Rick Renteria right now has been hospitalized in Cleveland as a precautionary testing for the fact that he woke up this morning with a slight cough and nasal congestion. So he's going to remain in the team hotel um, while the team travels and until he gets his COVID-19 results. So uh, once again, that's White Sox skipper Rick Renteria uh, is in the hospital right now. But it's as a precaution, though.
0: Everything will be that way, uh, precautionary ways. Have you also read a couple other things? Uh, you know, Mostert who wanted to, uh, mm-hmm. get traded. Yeah. Uh, restructured his deal to stay in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, a couple of cool things happened in the world of sports the last week. Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. committing a bunch of money to WNBA yep. players, uh, who opted out. Uh, which is pretty cool, uh, like a million and a half dollars, I think it is. And did you see that the, the the WNBA sweatshirt was the number
1: one selling sweatshirt on Fanatics the past couple of days? I didn't. It was like the number one selling item um, in terms of merchandise was a WNBA sweatshirt. Really? So that's cool. Uh, why? I think because, you know, the season's back now, and they're trying to promote it and everything, and they're trying to support the ladies. So, yeah, I think mean, people are buying into it.
0: Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't buoyed or anything by this.
1: I mean, it, it might have been, you know. I mean, I think any promotion's good promotion, right? So yeah. it, it might have been buoyed a little bit, but yeah, the the WNBA sweatshirt right now is the number one selling thing on
0: Fanatics. You know, I didn't mention this last week. I also thought this was cool, though. Roy Williams, the UNC basketball coach, donated like six hundred grand, yeah, I think, to help the spring sports scholarships at at UNC. Uh, again, I kind of tweeted that too, and I was like, "Listen, Roy Williams got a ton of money. I mean, I know six hundred thousand dollars to Roy Williams probably is like." Us making a $20 donation, like I get it. Yeah. But it's still, it was, I thought it was a cool gesture because a lot of times, you know, I'm I I'm guilty of this. I say it all the time. I think football and basketball can be very egotistical on campuses. And I think the coaching can be a little egotistical in those professions in college sports. So to recognize other student-athletes, and there's probably more of that that goes on that I even admit or, or, or give credit to. Yeah. But I just thought in this instance, I thought that was pretty cool that uh, Roy Williams did that. So uh, that was that was pretty good stuff. We continue to see uh, some pretty neat stories coming out of this uh, crazy time in our world. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coups on a Monday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I think you might have I'm sorry, I had to go run down and do some TV stuff real quick. uh All good. Uh, on CBS 47 and Fox 30. That was like Superman-esque, by the way. Changed into a suit. Oh, yeah? Uh, on TV. Suit top or just the, yeah, with the top and Did bottom. the whole thing. Dang, Didn't know where man. I was going to be. That's quick. And then back up here. Nicely done. In, uh, I I mean, it was
1: probably about 12 minutes. And, and your heart rate seems like it's back down to the to, to the green Stop zone, that. so you, yeah. you sound
0: good? I mean, the biggest, uh, the heart rate was, how am I pronouncing these Jags names that I've never even met? Stressful, I got to make right? sure I get that out. That's stressful. Uh, and we did. You're a so. better man than I am, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when I was coming back in, though, I think you might have been discussing this. I actually had a conversation earlier today with somebody, and this, this stems a little bit from the conversation we had a couple of weeks ago when we said, is there something the Jags have mm-hmm. internally from a leadership standpoint or anywhere else that this time frame will expose in a good way or a bad way? Mm-hmm. So it's just something they don't have. Because this is going to be a wild time as a coach, wild time as an organization. And so there's much thought that whoever handles it better will do better, mm-hmm. even on the field, mm-hmm. potentially. So my point being, are the, Jag- do the Jags have something like that? Well, we took it a little bit step further in this conversation I had today, and I thought it was interesting. Are the Jags positioned? Who maybe take advantage of this time because of their youthful nature, or will it backfire on them? Mm -hmm. You've been in locker rooms. I think my perception is young players will be kind of front and center and listen and all ears and hey, whatever you got, whatever I'm supposed to do, lead the way, tell me. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, if you're supposed to be in your bubble, And you're supposed to have all these check marks of don't go here, don't do this, don't do this. You know, we need you healthy. Are the Jags more apt to have a roster and a team with all their young players and some of their – players that are in contract years and the situations they're in to listen to what Doug Marone is saying. Maybe more so than another team that might be a little bit freewheeling and free dealing, like whether it's the Seattle Seahawks, who usually are given a lot of leniency under Pete Carroll or Mm -hmm. even Atlanta. So I'm not sitting here and trying to tell you that the Jags are better on their roster than those teams. But could they be of more discipline during this time? more bought in during this time that allows their players, their main players to stay on the field more and therefore put them in a better position in 2020 to answer that question. Is the
1: head coach important to that? Absolutely. But he's not as important to that locker room leadership, the veteran leadership that's been appointed. And let's be honest right now. You lost Clarence Campbell. You lost AJ Boye. I think you have Miles Jack going forward. You have, you know, like a Brandon Linder has been in the system, Avery Jones, obviously. To me, it comes down to do you have the leadership in place to monitor that, right? Because a coach can only do so much, and a captain or a guy with that leadership quality will always be heard more than the coaches, right? In the locker room, coaches have their own offices, right? The coaches don't hang on in the locker room. That's for the players. That's for your teammates. So with that being said, if you can wholeheartedly answer the question and say, you know what, I like what the Jaguars have at leadership right now, I think they have the pillars going forward to be successful, then that's the answer to your question. If the answer is, well, you know what, I don't know, man, you lost Calais Campbell, you lost Boye, they're the youngest team in the NFL right now, are there enough pillars in place to be successful? If that's your answer, well, then that's the answer to the question.
0: Yeah, that's a good call. I guess the answer to the question would be yes, they've lost leadership. They lost Galeas Campbell. They lost AJ Boye, but they bring in guys like that have been around a little bit and Joe Schobert. Uh, you know, they have leadership in Chris Conley, you would think. I think, you know, Minshew's going to have to feel like more than a second-year player. Uh, I think some of their linemen uh, who've been around the block a little bit, whether it's Linder or Norwell, uh, again, they have a mix. I even think guys like they bring in like Rodney Gunther, I don't know if he's a leader per, per se, but I do think there's probably a respect level of them playing around the NFL and, and well, the same with like an Avery Jones.
1: So so there's a respect level, just like with Schobert, but once again, they haven't really met a lot of these players. No, though. they really haven't. You know? well, to, to, to me, regardless of what your accolades are before you got to Jacksonville, you still have to earn your stripes, you know. You still have to earn that leadership, and right now, for lack of a better word, they can't because they haven't really met
0: anybody. Well, I, I guess what I wonder about is almost like, you know, like that cliche we hear in coaching sometimes, where like we we had such a young team, they were too like ignorance was bliss. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. where they just didn't know any better, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. it's it all came together. They just used their talent. They didn't know any better. I almost wonder if do the again, I think this goes two ways. One, you're, you're so youthful that you make young people mistakes and you're not all on board. And it, it's this adaptation in this crazy year is just too much or ignorance is bliss. And you're like, I'm just going to do what they tell me because I'm in the NFL and we're going to go lockstep here. And the veterans, I don't care if I've met them before. They've done this before. I got to follow their lead. Sure, you know, do, to me it's like one way or the other. It's it's not really. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to get a mix of that. Mm. Uh, and I I wouldn't even know. Doug Marone probably doesn't know what his team is at this stage. In that sense, he doesn't know what kind of leaders he has uh, and hasn't witnessed enough of it probably. And also doesn't know what kind of followers he has in, oh, these, in these young guys. So, but I guess my question to you was more. Do you find, when you were a young player, mm-hmm. when you were how much did the rookies soak it up and be like, I'm gonna do what this guy tells me sure. to do, I'm gonna follow this guy's lead, or do they say, I'm in the NFL, man, I made it. I, I don't I don't need to follow
1: XYZ. No. Listen, I I've told a story many times before with Aaron Campman, where Aaron Campman was one of the first people in the stadium every single morning standing in the cold tub and then foam rolling. Wasn't gonna do that, Aaron. Yeah sorry. Yeah. Wasn't gonna get up at 5:30 in the morning and go stand in the cold tub and freeze my, you know what, off. And then on top of it, wasn't gonna take a PVC pipe and foam roll it out because you know what, not comfortable, hurts. I don't drink coffee. I need to sleep. Okay, simple as that. Now looking back on it, did Aaron Campman know something I didn't? Absolutely. And he gave every opportunity to Rookie for 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 him to you know to allow me to kind of follow him, and I didn't take it because I thought I had it all figured out. So, you know, that was my personality. Now, obviously, not everyone shares my same philosophies. Not everyone shares kind of my same story. I mean, everyone's different in that locker room. But I just think right now, in terms of where those rookies stand, Brent, It's going to be an absolute whirlwind for them. So they have to. Like, I mean, literally, like, it wasn't like when I was a rookie where it's like, all right, we had a symposium. We go to the symposium. We had rookie OTA. Okay, we did that. Then we had OTAs. Then we had minicamp. Like, by the time we were going through all those minicamps, we're like, can we just start the season already? We get it. We got it. Let me try to make a team. That's where we're at right now. In terms of the rookies this year, it's like we have no idea what to expect. I have no idea what, where do they, even the meeting rooms are at. So with that being said, they have to grab a veteran. Like the, it's Listen, and if any of them are listening right now, you better take heed to my warning. You absolutely have to grab a veteran, and you have to watch how they do it. Because if you don't, you're not making the t- – I mean, unless you're a first-round pick, unless you're chase on, which I assume will do things by the book. You're not going to make the team because you, you, there's no time. Like You can't afford anything right now. You, you literally, you're starting your first day of work in the trenches. Like, the, 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 there is no, like, adjustment period. There is no, like, all right, well, let's get you two weeks. Let's get you acclimated here in the office. Let's get you acclimated here on the radio. Oh, no. First day, you're here, and you're live. Let's go.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, now, obviously, the news within the last hour, some of those young players, uh, their first move, in the Jags building was to get tested for COVID 19. And now we don't know if they tested positive, but one way or another, they're either positive or in quarantine uh, because they know somebody else who had tested positive. And there's four of those rookies that made that list if you're just jumping in. That's what news came out today. So there is a lot to juggle for a rookie. Uh, <laughs> just because on Twitter it was. Uh, uh, King Solomon says, young players staying disciplined with a lot of uh, crying emojis. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. I I also don't know if there's as much to not stay disciplined about with the way the world is right now. Everything's not free rain, uh, And who knows what it looks like by the time seasons start. Even traveling on the road might not look like it's been. you not going all the play Again, the, the restaurant uh, restrictions, the travel restrictions that are going to be in place. Have they created enough of a bubble, I guess, that young guys are just going to kind of say, all right, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Uh, And and I know that seems a little pie in the sky. I get it. Uh, But I also wonder if they just because they don't know any better the way the NFL works and the way the NFL is. And you really don't have a lot of it seems like the locker room the Jags have. They tried to get most of the drama out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, Jan obviously comes with a little drama, but not from a personality standpoint, more from a situational standpoint. But they've tried to get a lot of the drama out of it. So I don't know who will create those situations. Now, there's always players that will create a situation, well, whether it's Lou Williams or not. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if they have as many as they did the last few years to be influenced in that way, if if that no, makes true.
1: sense. No, true. And we're talking outside, you know, off the field then. As far as distractions are concerned, the guy, yeah, I don't really perceive, like, the whole Yannick Ngakwe thing will be happening, but that's business, you know, and obviously if you're a rookie or if you're a young guy, you're going to learn that really quickly, you know, that, That's gonna you're going to be very versed in that this season because you're going to watch how the whole Yannick Ngakwe thing unfolds, but to me, in terms of, you know, a young team, it works both ways, this works off the field and it works on the field as well, let's talk about on the field real quick, let's go back to 2019 real quick, The Jaguars are the most penalized team in the entire NFL, okay? That leads to undisciplined stuff. And now you're going to bring in the youngest team in the NFL. I mean, there's going to be a pretty steep hill to climb to try to right that wrong of last year. Okay, because once again, and I preach this, and it's pretty obvious, but I'll say it one more time. The Jaguars, to me, are not good enough to overcome all the penalties. They're just not. Yeah, yeah. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs of a couple years ago, okay, where you can get away with it because you have a Patrick Mahomes, because you have Travis Kelsey, because you have Tyreek Hill. You don't have those guys. No offense to those guys in the locker room in Jacksonville, but you don't have those guys, so you can't be committing penalties. So, once again... It's got to happen off the field for sure to stay healthy, to make sure that you have your whole team. You're not doing something foolish in the clubs or in the bars and stuff like that. But also you have to be smart on the field as well.
0: you think there are some teams that are majorly concerned about their personnel and personality of like – whoa, we got to rein these guys in I mean, and we got to stay on that because again that's part of the conversation is how do we manage it right yeah. how do you how do you control it uh how do you kind of create your own little bubble sure. and and not just the first week you're there not just heading into the season opener but this is like 4 months worth of it potential well, potential
1: and, and here's the hard thing and especially for young teams but veterans alike like Lou Williams in the NBA like you you can you can try to modify or you can try to get a player to go along with what you believe in, right? You can get a player to run your, your type of scheme. You can get a player to buy in to try to win a Super Bowl. You can get a player to follow your philosophies. But it's hard to change a player and his personality habits and his traits, okay? With that being said, every locker room's got guys I like to go out. Every locker room's got guys that like to go out and party, have a couple beers, and unwind. Every locker room has that. And it doesn't matter how many veterans, how many captains, how many great all pros you have on your team. You're still going to have the guys that do that just because that, that's who they are. Like That's their personality. And it's, it's almost impossible to try to change someone's personality. Like, listen... In a perfect world you'd be like, hey man, you probably shouldn't go out after the game because well, number one, if you drink it's gonna be bad for you the next day, how are you gonna recover? You could get hurt. I mean, you you increase the risk of injury, things like that. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> people wanna drink and just get away from the, the life of the NFL a little bit. You think people are like, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't drink that beer or do that shot because well, I don't wanna be have extra inflammation the next morning. Yeah. No, man, it doesn't work like that. So You're dehydrated. Exactly. So I think every team Brent is gonna endure those problems a little bit. And if I'm being 100% transparent and honest, I'm just worried because we're in a state right now that it is a hot spot, right? Where if you do go out, you're increasing the risk as opposed to being in Green Bay or Minnesota or something
0: Rookie like that. Rookie year in this situation, beach bars still open. Would you have been going out to the beach bars? Uh,
1: I mean, with Joe calling yell at me all the time? Yeah, I probably would have been there twice on Sunday. <laughs> Would have seen you in the morning or that afternoon. Yeah. We're in trouble in football season. <laughs> what, what can I say? <laughs> We're man. in trouble.
0: What can I say, man? By the way, they uh, feel like they might be in trouble in Major League Baseball, but they're playing games today. Oakland leads the Angels three nothing, and uh, San Diego over Arizona six to two. So they're playing ball, yeah. but they're not playing in Miami today. Tomorrow they're not playing in Philly with the Yankees tonight. Those Phillies tests are going to be really interesting in this story developing uh, further or not. We'll uh, have an update on it tomorrow. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Welcome back from vacation, Coos.